You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Hello and welcome to Orange County's longest running business talk show. And I love that intro music. never get tired of it. And we're going to have a great show for you today. Why do you ask? Because Braylon Davis, who is the co-founder, president, and CEO for Planet Based Foods is our guest. Braylon, welcome to the program. Hey, Rick. Thanks so much for having me. It's our pleasure. Let's get started with the the origin question. Tell us, what was the original inspiration or motivation you and your other co-founders had for starting Planet-Based Foods? Yeah, well, it was uh, really something that that came about very organically uh, through my childhood. It was actually a seed that was planted um, in my head through my father, as we always had discussions around sustainability and um, really where our food system was at. And the reason that was a conversation is my father was a food scientist. Um, mm. So it was it was always kind of at the forefront of our conversations. And um, whether I was ready to have those conversations uh, at that age or not, um, it still instilled quite a bit of value in, in, in what sustainability meant. And so, um, you know, my father, Robert Davis, worked on uh, lots of soy products, you know, through the 80s and 90s. And that was an incredible boom in the, in the vegan community and utilizing that protein source. But um, as it was leaned on tremendously in the last decades, uh, a lot has come to the forefront around sustainability and the nutritional aspects. And what else could be out there that we could lean on that could better sustain the planet and the body? Um, and that's where the conversation, you know, evolved towards hemp. And it, it was really something that we would fanboy out uh, around hemp because we, we used to talk about building a, a home out of hempcrete. And um, it's an amazing building material. You can do so many things with hemp. But, you know, the, the overlooked aspect of the plant was the seed. And the fact that it, you know, gram for gram has more protein than most meats, even chicken breasts. And then you, you look at the fact that it uses drastically less water while healing the soil. And wow, what an amazing untapped resource. Um, and so it wasn't until I had graduated school and, and I, I was a nutritionist at the time and very gung-ho on creating an impact and you know something that was unique and different, but most importantly, sustainable. So the conversation came full circle in my early 20s, um, talking with my, my father about, you know, what can we really do here to improve the food system? And how can we outpace climate change? And what are we missing here? And I'm like, ah, there it is again, hemp. That's what we're missing. Um, so we came back to it. I, at the time, had saved up, gosh, I, th- I think it was about $7,200 um, <laughs> as, as, a, as a 20-year-old. Um, and That's- I wrote the first check out to, uh, to Robert, uh, who had the, the brilliant idea of creating a meat analog out of this. And he came back from a pilot lab with the first meat analog, uh, utilizing hemp proteins. And it blew me away. I I didn't know what to expect at the time, but I was thrilled to see what came out of it. Um, But I was also aware that at the time, and this is, you know, around 2010, that the market wasn't necessarily receptive to a product like this yet. There was a lot of awakening that had to happen culturally and within the market itself. So we uh, we essentially put a pin in the concept, but decided to continue developing IP. And um, that was really the catalyst for me to go from kind of fanboy of hemp to full-blown 
fanboy of hemp. I mean, I was, I was, I was a huge cheerleader at that point. So I went on and spent the next 10 years working with different brands, um, all different kinds of products used from cosmetics, sunscreens, uh, medical application to cannabis and hemp, anything that the plant touched, I was very fascinated with. And I started hearing the narrative shift and change and grow and become much more warm. The stigma was diminishing mm. um, from about 2017 to 2019. My conversations with people were changing dramatically and uh, they were warming up to the plant in a way that was, wow, this, this has stopped my child's epileptic seizures, almost 80% gone just from this natural remedy. Wow. Then, then parents were coming to me, you know what? That's so impressive what this plant does. I started sprinkling it on my children's salads. Um, and whoa, okay, hold on. So two years ago, people were telling me this is a drug I'd never, I'd never let my kids touch it to wow. Not only is it nutritiously fortified, but it has all these other amazing properties that can heal the body. Then you start compounding that with the quality that you can actually heal the planet and the body equally. And that was that was the catalyst within me and my co-founders to be like, now is the time. Uh, now is the time to build some infrastructure around this concept and bring our IP to the market because we know now that there will be some receptivity to it. And that was the journey. And it was a long journey, but it was a very educational journey. And it was a matter of pulling the trigger at the right time. And uh, we feel we feel that we did that. And we're really excited now to offer what I call the byproduct of our efforts, which is developing a food system. And the byproduct is actually plant based foods and the products that we offer today in retail. You mentioned your other co-founders. Could you just briefly let us know who else helped you to get this business off the ground? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, my 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 closest partner, Ted Cash. He's our COO. He's one of the most brilliant guys I've ever worked with. And I couldn't have done a, a, a thing without him in this world. Um, you know, he, he, he's come in and driven our operations and accelerated the program tremendously. Um, his involvement in the last 12 months helped us bring um, everything from the, the concept of the food system all the way to the fruition of sales into the retail space. Mm -hmm. um, so absolutely brilliant gentleman. And I've known him um, all the way back to the days where I wrote that first check um, at 20 years old. So I've known him for a very, very long time. Right. We, we've gone on and done, you know, different things in our lives, but it was beautiful to come back together and, and make something really special happen. Um, and, you know, the other co-founder is Robert Davis, a pioneer in the space, leader when it comes to food innovation, invented the first tofu hot dog, worked with many of the larger companies in the space and brings a tremendous wealth of understanding of what the world needs as well as applications to feed the planet. And he brought that in spades and, and that was always something that motivated me and kept me going, uh, especially as a young, young kid. Mm -hmm. Seeing someone as passionate as my father um, definitely instilled a, a tremendous amount of value in what we're doing today inside of me. I love it how Orange County and Southern California and California in general can set trends for the rest of the nation and then many times globally. And it feels like potentially, you tell me, but this food research area and a focus on hemp as a food source is really something that's catching hold in Southern California. There's an ecosystem coming up. You're not our first entrepreneur that has focused on hemp. But clearly, you you are bringing a differentiated products to the market based on that product. I think it's very exciting. 
Thanks, Rick. Yeah, I appreciate it. We're, we're about as excited as you can get as well. Um, and really, it's just the beginning. Um, we we want to see hemp infused into as many verticals in this space as possible. But beyond the food space, we want to see it in more in industry and in industrial building, homes, every place that we can put this and we can offset our carbon footprint 10, 20, 30 percent. That's a win. That is a win. And it's an, a cost effective way to do this. Um, so it's something that should be globally embraced as the next stepping stone in a sustainable future. I guess I'll use your term. I'm becoming a fanboy of hemp through my very vicarious experiences with you and others that I've talked to about this product. It, it, it is all, it's almost fascinating what this plant could mean to mankind if it's properly adopted throughout our food system and our larger system, building materials, clothing, et cetera. But let's stay focused on you and planet-based foods. How long did it take after you launched the company with your co-founders before you all started to believe, hey, we we have something here that's going to scale and you know we have a business underneath us now? Yeah, I mean, you know, I would say that the passion ambition was, was there from day one. We thought mm -hmm. it, it was such a unique and innovative approach to feeding people while equally healing the soil that our American farmers need so badly to, to thrive and not just for their own world, but for our world as consumers, we need our farmers taken care of. Um, so we felt a, a strong passion and degree of security in the sense that we're doing the right thing. Um, beyond that, it was truly around, um, I wanna say it was 2021, when we had first put everything together and we started getting um, calls from retailers um, and food service distributors were willing to bring us on. Um, and it, it was it was something along along the lines of last December. I mean, we're still very new, but last December when Kroger came on with us and gave us a serious note of validation. Um, and, and they said, we see what you're doing. We understand why this is important. And we are the biggest retailers in the game. And we're going to validate this and, and put you on our shelves. And that was a huge moment for us. Um, I, I think I'm one of the few uh, entrepreneurs in the space that have told Kroger no to a national rollout, um, um, <laughs> which which uh, you know would have been a lot for an infant company to handle. Um, but luckily, we've, we've proven ourselves this year with them. Our velocities are stellar, um, and we are now ready to go national with them as well. Um, so that's, it's all just, you know, it's been a roller coaster of excitement, but it's been this last year of growth that's really ignited that. So take us on a journey through what planet-based foods is creating and selling through retail channels, et cetera. What products are you making? Definitely. Well, the, the key focus, as you know, is sustainability and the attributes both to the body and the planet, how it needs to be looked at as an equal approach, right? Um, with that mantra in mind, it's focusing on alternative proteins to make sure the body is well fortified. Now, now hemp carries not just protein, but you have full spectrum omega fatty acids, complex carbohydrates, all these amazing minerals and vitamins. It is very nutrient dense. So we took that, we wanted to create different easy to use applications with those proteins from crumbles to burger patties, to sausage patties, and then to our convenience items, which are taquitos. And what's coming out soon is our handheld burritos. And the, the main point for us in that segment is creating a convenient, 
approachable product that's easy to prep, easy to eat, easy to give to the kids and the family. And in the back of your mind, you know that you're also healing the planet. And we want that to be synonymous with the brand, planet-based foods. Now, we're also excited to announce that we're going into the non-dairy sector as well. We're really looking forward to creating that halo effect around the brand to showcase the viability of these ingredients, how it can be dispersed across so many different parts of the industry, and how it can make delicious food. Uh, we have one of the creamiest non-dairy ice creams in the planet. And <laughs> We, we, we can point to hemp and say, this is a hemp-based ice cream, um, wow. you know, and it's, it's a sustainable approach to doing this. And we are excited because we know how many people have dietary restrictions with dairy, including right. myself. And we want to be able to appeal to that segment of the market as well, and also educate people on the viability of this product. And we feel that creating products that can get out to more people will help further that mission. And that's why we're really focused this next year as well on non-dairy. You tell me, but it sounds like in listening to you, Braylon, that um, making products, food products that are a replacement for what we're already eating is sort of the easiest adoption curve for the consumer. It's a replacement of something they already know, a taquito or, or uh, ice cream now, things that are familiar just with a different set of ingredients. Yeah, yeah. And we're not out here to emulate or replicate we just want to showcase that a plant-based product can be as good or better than the dairy alternative. At, at one point, I, I dreamed to envision seeing people go, oh, ice cream is plant-based, but then there's a dairy alternative, right? If you need dairy. Mm. But I see plant-based elevating the, the segment to, to a place where it is better than dairy. Um, and I see that with our alternative uh, meat as well. Um, with the meat, there was a tremendous white space that was opened up by Beyond and Impossible. And mm -hmm. a consumer came out of that that was more aware that a highly processed fake meat may not be better than a grass-fed burger. Um, and, and that consumer started really looking for a plant-forward option, a plant-forward option that is clean label. They know it's plant-based. It's not trying to be overly processed and pumped full of a bunch of ingredients that you don't understand that ultimately diminish the point of the product in the first place. They want something that's clean, simple, and plant-forward. Mm -hmm. Plant-forward meaning low processing, clean ingredients, and nutrient-dense. And that's where we came in. We didn't want to emulate a burger or a crumble that tasted just like beef. We want it to taste like a seasoned, delicious entree, seasoned to perfection. You want it so good that you can nibble on it cold. That was our. That was what we went for in R and D. We would literally make our products, let them cool down, and if you could still pick at it and uh -huh. eat it while it's cold, that moves on to the next level of, of, of adoption. So, I don't know if you've ever tried to do that with some of the other brands, but. <laughs> You know, okay. so creating something that was well seasoned, great texture and, and, and could satiate that, that appetite, that craving. Right. And, and then bring it into a form that's similar enough to what right. the palate is used to, but can still stand on its own and not try to emulate completely or replace a, a dead animal. So how much time has it gone into that process of tasting and going, uh, it doesn't it. It hasn't hit because sometimes I think people will be listening to the show either live now or in the podcast in the future or on YouTube. They may think, well, I'm going to sacrifice something to get the goodness that you're putting into it because it's not going to satisfy me the way the traditional stuff I'm used to eating will. How, yeah. how did you how much work? It sounds like you put a lot of focus on 
creating an alternative that doesn't feel like you're sacrificing anything. And maybe to your point, you will enjoy it more from a palate perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it took uh, years. It definitely took years. Um, and it wasn't because we didn't have a, a bunch of amazing options. It was about picking which direction to take from a seasonal, uh, a seasoning profile and a texture profile. Um, and, you know, that, I lend that to all the groups that we worked with from a tasting panels um, all the way, you know, primarily to the R&D scientists that developed it and have a really good palate and understand, you know, why you're going to put certain seasonings in it to create a certain flavor profile. Um, and, and obviously, Robert Davis, with his 40 plus years of experience, lended a, a tremendous amount right. uh, to yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so. Um, it was an evolving component with the R&D, but I can tell you, we never stop innovating. We never stop evolving. All of our products are under a microscope and how can we improve it? How can we make it better? Not just from a consumer standpoint, but how can we make it better for the food, food chain itself and creating that food system with zero waste in mind? And how do we make these products where we're not creating more waste? Um, it, it, all, it all cycles into that thought process and it never stops. So you have a very clear psychographic for the type of consumer that you're you're trying to attract then to your brand, I take it. Because you're building a brand. You when you you said earlier, haloing into other products. You're really your mission is to build a brand that then has pillars of products underneath it, if I understand what you're saying, Brandon. Absolutely. I mean, at some point, we would love to be synonymous with, you know, feeding the body and healing the planet and, and mm -hmm. to have planet based as a as a icon for that. You know, it's very much could evolve to a planet based solutions um, because the application can go so many different places with it. Um, but for us right now, it's it's the health conscious core consumer that's going to be focusing on our brand, but also the consumer that goes one beyond that wants to feel good about what brands they're actually supplying their money towards. And if we can be a good brand that represents the right values, we want that consumer to see us. And that is our that is our target in our niche stage. Now, as we grow and as we become you know, more universal, we need to widen that approach and continue to, to expand our appeal. And that will be the journey that Planet-Based Foods goes on in the next two years to widen that appeal. Um, we, you know, we don't wanna be overtly pushy around this. We want it to be easy for the consumer. Mm. We want the consumer just to feel good about Planet-Based Foods doing the right thing so they don't have to worry about it. They wanna purchase the product, eat their taquito, feel good about it and move on with their day. Right. Yeah. Amen. So how, how have you funded your growth? Um, well, we initially did a friends and family round. Uh, we brought in some capital that way to, to build the foundation around it, get our right trademarks in place. And then uh, we did a, a capital raise and actually brought the company public on the CSC this last year. We brought in about $6 million. And that was a catalyst for all of our growth into retail this previous 13 months. Excellent. So I'm curious, how did you get Kroger to make the commitment that they were willing to make to you and to your brand? Can, can, without giving away any secrets, but just I'm, I'm so impressed by that. I just wonder, how did you do it? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I wiggled my way into a fast pitch with Kroger, um, which is pretty much the only way you're going to cut all the red tape with them because I have uh, colleagues with brands that are 10 years old that are still struggling to get into Kroger. Um, but I was lucky enough to get in front of their key decision makers, give them a uh, 
a presentation that that uh, essentially moved them into the right position of of bringing us on board. And um, it was it was both, I think, you know, luck of the draw and being in front of the right people with the right product at the right time. Um, and we were able to bypass a lot of malarkey um, in order to to, to, to to do this, you know. So we got it done. We got it done and ex expedited the whole process. And we we're able to jump in front of what could have been a three, four, five year line. Um, so that was a, that was a huge catalyst for growth. Well, and that that's a, a certain risk came with that, too, though, Braylon. You could have went in there and that fast pitch could have failed. And so you, I think that's a teachable moment here on Critical Mass Business Talk Show, which is sometimes you got to put it on the line and take a chance, right? That's that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. So speaking of good advice, best practices, is there a piece of advice that you've been given or that you like to give that you will share with my audience today? Yeah, well, you know, it's there's a lot of advice I've been given. I can tell you that. Um, whether I'm I'm the best at following all of it, I don't know. But I, I do say that passion as a as a catalyst for everything you do is the best fuel you'll have. And secondarily, focus. Focus on what components will drive the biggest wake that you can pull additional business in behind. Um, so for us, it was our handheld items and we're, we're planning on giving it our full focus. So that way our products behind it have a chance to flow in under that success. You don't want to spread yourself out too thin, too quick. Even if you have a bunch of really good ideas, which as an entrepreneur can be <laughs> frustrating. Um, you want to get those ideas out there. You want them to be embraced, um, but you have to be patient. Um, and patience is the key attribute to all the other things compounded, right? As long as you have the patience there and you see, can see things come to fruition, give them time, let them come to fruition. Yeah, I can, I can only imagine in your industry where there are so many choices for channels and with your product portfolio and having a superpower food like hemp undermining, under, underlying it that could do so many different things, staying focused on your core is probably a great discipline and message to share because you could become, I could think you could become very easily defocused by trying to maybe boil the ocean in some way. <laughs> yes, you can. Yes. And especially an entrepreneurial mindset, you're boiling oceans. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> yes. So, cause you're, you're, you're going after the consumer. And so in a B to C space, there's, there's a lot of front end work that goes into changing consumers behaviors. I can imagine. So, has artificial intelligence played a role in your firm or do you see it in the industry or just what is your sense as an entrepreneur on how AI may become involved in the future in your business? I see AI everywhere. I see AI being infused into almost every facet of business um, from supply chain management all the way up to sales and marketing. Um, it's going to affect all of it. Uh, we utilize some AI um, in different components of marketing. Um, and I know some of our supply chain uses AI and they're gonna continue to uh, in introduce more AI, uh, you know, influence everything from cultivating to tracking seed to sale. Um, AI will be involved in all of that. And I think it will a streamline a lot of what we're dealing with from a supply chain standpoint, but uh, you know, B it's gonna start providing a lot of new opportunities within every industry. I think there's a fear around it right now that it's gonna diminish jobs and, and it will, 
but it will also provide opportunity for, for new jobs. And I see that every day. I see people coming on board as almost liaisons to AI and how to properly mm -hmm. use these tools and whole industries are gonna start coming to life around that, almost a complementary human interface to AI, if you will. Um, so I, I definitely see it affecting everything moving forward. Um, you know, kids are using it for their essays and CEOs are using it for their bios. Uh, it's gonna be, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be everywhere. That's so true. All right, so, Take us into the future. You're moving fast. You're covering a lot of ground. You're making tremendous strides. We're going to have you back on the show at some point. What's going to be different, bigger, newer? Where will you be with plant-based foods in a few years? A few years, we, we really hope to create that synonymous halo effect within the industry and accompanying industries. I would love to be in a position to collaborate with other brands, other entities to lend not only our skill sets and understanding of of sustainability in this food system, but also create a, a seal of approval, so to speak, of a planet-based collaboration. It could be anything that's sustainable in the space that can utilize hemp. And we wanna grow that awareness as much as we can. And the way we can grow that awareness is hitting every fray market through collaborations and communication. Um, so where I see us in the next four, four years would be multiple segments in the grocery store where someone can walk through that store, see our brand, and start to correlate the fact that there's a key ingredient that can be utilized almost anywhere, right? And we want that, that awareness to become very apparent to the consumer on their own. And the way we do that is we create pathways by infusing plant-based foods into different segments of the market from alternative dairies to proteins and potentially collabs with other sustainable brands in the future to further the narrative. Um, but for us, it's also that the big picture for us is how can we bring this food system to every country and every continent? Mm -hmm. uh, the, the seed itself is so versatile. It can grow in so many different climates. It takes a little finessing, but if we can get this food system set up in Europe and the United States and South America, and we can start feeding people this way, that is the key, key focus for us. You know, the concept of the brand, even before we even thought of a CPG play, it was, can we create nutrient dense hemp products or even loafs of, of delicious seasoned hemp meat that's dehydrated, that mm. can be airdropped anywhere in the world and you just add water and you have a fully nutritionally fortified meal from omega fatty acids, proteins, complex carbohydrates, et cetera, et cetera, that you can just drop anywhere in the world, add water and, and eat well. And that's where our mantra may all be fed came from. Um, it was one of our first um, kind of slogans and it came from feeding the whole world. How do we feed the whole world? And this is the first and most approachable pathway to do that. Oh, I got goosebumps when you finish that thought. Thank you very much for inspiring me. Speaking of inspiring people, uh, you know, we're a we're Southern California based, Orange County focused talk show, but we have an audience that's global, frankly, and certainly covers North America and the US very well. If people would like to sample and buy your products, you said Kroger regionally, how, where would they find your products that they could begin that journey? Yeah, well, right now we're, we're huddled on the, 
the, the West Coast, um, about Colorado over. So we're in plenty of, of grocery outlets through, through the West Coast. Through this next year, we're going to be expanding over to the East Coast. So um, just hold tight, East Coasters. We'll, we'll get to you as quickly as we can. But in the meantime, you can order uh, direct to consumer from our online platform. Um, we're also on Amazon as well. If, you, if you're really itchy to try it and you want to order some frozen food, it's there for you. Um, and, you know, as we continue to grow, our website is constantly updating all the all the points of distribution. So you can just go to planetbasedfoods.com and find my uh, find my products and just uh, click on the map and it will help guide you. Boy, that's another level of complexity that you're dealing with, which is all these potential cha uh, channels to the consumer. You just you just hit on several of the major ones that we're we recognize and and rationalizing your availability through those various channels i'm sure is not a simple equation to figure out no it's not but it's it's part of the growth and uh we'll take it we'll take you got to go where the consumers are right yeah that is true that is got to make it easy so where yeah, do you I'll go, go to, where do you go to access other entrepreneurs insights and experiences that are helping you formulate your strategy moving forward yeah, well, I mean, of course, there's the low hanging fruit of LinkedIn, um, you know, which can bear a lot of fruit, um, you know, um, but outside of that, I, I have a, a great network here in California. I was lucky enough to brush shoulders with a lot of entrepreneurs from back in the day that have now grown lots of large businesses. Um, so I've been able to get coached and I've been able to get advice and guidance from a lot of those people. Again, being in Southern California, it's a mecca for that kind of thinking and that kind of creativity. Um, and now, now that I've been in the industry for a while, my access has grown, my ability to go through those doors have opened. Um, and it's, it's just become, you know, something that's very synonymous with opening up my computer and I get great emails from other entrepreneurs. Uh, it wasn't always like that. It wasn't always like that. It was me reaching out and, and trying to build my network. But um, as you get out there and you let your voice be heard, you know, you can start allowing some of that come to you. And that, that's kind of what's been happening this last year for me. And it's been a, a wonderful experience. Well, Braylon, I want to thank you for giving some of your time to share the story of Planet Based Foods. It's an inspiring one. And uh, I hope many in our listening audience will find a way to sample your products and Thank you for being an advocate and a fanboy of hemp, because I think we are on the cusp of something great with that product and plant. And, uh, thank you so world. much, Rick. Yeah, the pleasure was all mine. Thank you for having me on. You're great to talk to, as always. And I look forward to next time. You got it. And I'd like to thank the audience. You've just been a part of Orange County's longest running business talk show. Braylon's episode is in our catalog now with 1,400 other interviews of Orange County entrepreneurs and executives. Take a look through the catalog and see if there's some other people you'd like to listen to their interviews. If you happen to be an Orange County entrepreneur with a story to tell and you'd like to be a guest on our program, then reach out to me. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm Rick, R-I-C, Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. Coincidentally, that's also our website, rickfranzi.com. Be happy to talk with you and have Haley help to schedule you for a future appearance here on the program. And until the next time we have a chance to be together, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction.